Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. I wonder if you could do something different today. Those in the house, I want to invite you to stand. And actually online, if you could stand too, unless you're kind of like not fully dressed, that might be embarrassing. You might like freak your kids out or something like that. But you know what? I really believe that there is something that God wants to stir in our soul today. I believe there's something God wants to deposit in you. I believe there's something God wants to create a greater awareness of in you. Now, as what I'm going to say, some of you already know this. You know it like you got a nose on your face. And others of you, it's a little bit, it's kind of like this weird thing that you kind of sense, but you're not sure what it is. Because half the time, it's kind of like this unsettled kind of restless thing you just eh, you just don't know what it is but you know what it is it's the eternal part of you and I'm looking straight at the camera because these guys are seeing me and I can't like look at every single one of you so if you all just like look at me on the screen that would be great because I want to speak into your eyeballs today and if you're looking at me on the screen instead of looking at me in the room it will be a lot better but there is this in eternal part of us there is an eternal part of you that knows, that senses that you are for something meaningful, that your life is meant to matter that you are made for something you don't know what it is but there's something in you that knows that your life matters and I want to read some words to you today and I hope these, this verse, it's from the word of God. And God's word is truth. It is not a book of quotes. It is not a book of inspirational things. It is a book of living truth. The voice of the eternal living God that when you read the word of God, when it's spoken into you, it changes you. Happy quotes will change you for a minute. It might spark something. You feel good, but God's word transforms you. And I pray that this verse gets deep in your spirit gets deep in your soul and ignites something in you that you recognize and are aware of this significance and the necessity of your life right here right now on the planet in this space of time young people I especially want you to listen today I want you to Listen, and I want you to receive this right now because you probably don't have a lot of other voices speaking this into you. This is what Paul wrote, these words in prison, and this is Ephesians 4.1. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg of you. I beg of you. Can you hear the emotion in his voice? I beg of you. Paul was saying this to the Ephesians, but he's saying this to you today. I beg of you. I am pleading with you. Guys, I need you to get this. If Paul was saying this today, he'd be saying, put your phone away and look me in the eyeballs. I need you to get this. I beg of you. I'm begging you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have 
been called by God. I want to say that again. Lead a life worthy of the calling. For you have been called by God. Just let that sink into your soul for a minute. Tell the person beside you, look at them, say, I have been called. Say, you have been called. Online, you can write that in the comments. Say, I have been called. Give yourself a thumbs up. Cheer, cheer arms. I have been called by God. Just let that. I want you to put your hand on your heart. Online, I want you to do this too. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us because today, God wants to deposit something that when you leave here, when you check off offline, something is going to be different in you today. Father, we just take a moment and we pause in the reality of your presence that is here right now, you're with every single person, whether they're watching at home in their living room or in their bedroom or in some cafe, you're with us here in this place together in real life, in this building, the place where we gather as your church. God, we want this in this truth, this reality embedded in our soul. That we have been called by you. We are not accidents. We are not a product of our environment. We are not just a happenstance that just happened. We are called by you. We have been put on this planet for this time and this space. It is not an accident. And God, we ask that even right now you would just in cause our heart, that deep part of us, to hear and to receive the words that you're going to put in us to transform us today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God before COVID. You were called by God despite COVID. You have been called by God before you were married. You were called by God before you had kids. You were called by God before it all you have been called by God we need to hear this see we have been created we have been crafted and uniquely designed by God for this time and this place and this space to be and to bring the answers that our world needs to be the life givers to release God's life, his wisdom, his power, his creativity that is needed for the problems of pain, all of the stuff that is going on. You are here alive right now on the planet for this. Lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. You should get excited about that. And we're going to tell you what that means because sometimes we start talking about calling and called and we get funky ideas and we're going to kind of do away with all the funky ideas. What does this have to do with the topic that we've been on the last couple weeks about formations and a life that flourishes and habits of the soul? What does that have to do? Well, here's why. Calling is the overarching why for all of this, for all of the habits of our soul. See, everything that we've been talking about, and if you're just, maybe you're just tuning in for the first time or you're here for the first time, we've been on this series about the new F word, and that's not the F word you think it is. It's about a life that flourishes. 
But how do we experience that life that flourishes? Well, it's through certain things and certain habits and practices that we can engage in as we're cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Mike has been, we've been preaching a lot out of this book, which by the way, the common rule, it is available today. You can buy them. They'll be available afterwards online. Sorry, you might just have to go to Amazon and get it. But it's there, the common rule. There's a lot of practical things. I'll get into that a little bit more. But you know what? These habits that we've been looking at, they aren't ends in themselves. They're not the way that we earn God's love or his favor. They're not even the way that we can make ourselves better. These, these practices, in fact, you know, this, this is not the Bible, but these are some practices that help us be able to cooperate with the Holy Spirit because God's the one that's doing a work to change us and transform us. And these habits aren't the way that we become good people. They're not the way that we become righteous people. But they're habits, they're a means to an end. And the end is to enable us to live called. See, this is how we cooperate with the Spirit's work that he's transforming us into. He's transforming us into being the kind of people that we can be and to bring the answers to the world that we live in so that we can be those that are hope bringers. We can be those that are life givers. We can be those that can love others and, and encourage others even when it's really, really hard. Even when we want to go smack them upside the head, we can love them instead. But here's the challenge that we run up to. In our default humanness, we can't do this. We just can't. Our default humanness is greatly lacking. For example, it would be the same as me telling my brand new three-week-old grandson, Gray, you are called by God to be a CrossFitter like your pops. <laughs> Except, here's the problem. Guess what? You're supposed to, this is what you're supposed to do. You were called to do 50 burpees and 50 deadlifts and 50 pull-ups because that's what crazy CrossFitters do. If you're a CrossFitter watching online or you're a CrossFitter in this room, you guys are all crazy. You're crazy. The problem is my three-week-old grandson, his default condition of being baby, he just can't do that. He could try really hard. He's trying really hard right now. He's just trying to lift his head up. Like, I mean, that's amazing, you know? But if he trains, eventually he gets to be a crazy crossfitter like his pops. Guess what training looks like for a baby? Crossfit training looks like tummy time. I'm learning all about tummy time. I had no idea there's all these things you're supposed to do. Our poor children, they were deprived. We didn't raise them right because they didn't have tummy time. Tummy time is when you put your little newborn on your tummy and let them scream and they try to lift their head. It's supposed to be good for their core and their abs. So there you go. But you know what? Our default human condition leaves us unable to live called. So here we go. Three things you need to know, you need to understand about calling, about your calling. Here's the first one. Everyone say number one. Number one, we are saved for our calling. We are saved for our calling. 2 Timothy 1.9, you can see it on the screen or on the notes if you were following along and, you, and the app notes. 
Paul, he said, he, in other words, Jesus has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Man, just let that phrase, so before time began, God was thinking of you by name. He was creating you. He was fashioning you. He was coming up with the idea for you in his imagination and his mind. And he was thinking about all of the things that he was going to put in you and all of the strengths that he was going to wire in you. And then he was thinking about the exact point of history where you were going to need to be birthed so that you could reflect and you could be and live out that calling that he created you for. See, salvation isn't the end goal. Salvation isn't God's goal for your life. That's the starting point. And a lot of times in the, excuse me, I'm like spitting all over myself. That was kind of gross. <laughs> Online, you probably got a real close-up shot. Everybody in the room was probably not aware of that. But you know what? Salvation isn't God's end goal for us. See, unfortunately, the Western church for a long time has, has kind of had this idea, just pray this prayer, just ask Jesus into your heart and you're all good. And then you kind of go on and kind of just kind of cruise through life and waiting until Jesus comes back in heaven someday. You know what? Salvation isn't God's end goal for us. We actually also aren't saved for heaven. We are saved for a calling in which heaven is part of the story but it's not the end. And that makes all the difference. Because if I'm waiting for heaven someday, for life to begin, come on, how do you know? It just doesn't make sense to think I've got 80, 90, 20, however long of life here on earth just to kind of wait it out. That sucks. It doesn't make sense that a God that would be so involved and so intentional about how he makes this world and then just kind of like pray this prayer, have my sins forgiven, get my fire and insurance so I don't go to that other place and I just kind of do what I want for the, the rest of my life. That just doesn't make any sense. We are saved for our calling. Here's the second thing you need to know about calling. Our calling is more about our who than our do. Our calling is more about our who than our do. In other words, so often we think of, you know, we start to hear about calling. And you know what, young people, this is where you might have parents or grandparents, whoever it is, people, you know, you're called and you're called and you're called to this and you're like, I don't know what I'm called to do. You know, that's kind of where I was. It's like everybody would talk about calling. And, you know, I grew up as a pastor's kid in church my whole life. And I remember hearing so much, oh, you're called. There's a great call on your life. I'm like, well, somebody please tell me what this is. I don't know what it is. But we think that, you know, we hear calling and we think, oh, you're called. Some people are like, I'm called to be a doctor or I'm called to the mission field or I'm called to business or I'm called to be a teacher. Or, I'm called to this. I'm called to that. You know what? Calling doesn't have anything to do with your job or your career. It's so much bigger, so much broader than that. Our calling is about our who before it's about our do. Who we are becoming. But not who we are the way culture would try to define who we are. 
See, we live in a world that would try to put all sorts of, you know, tries to squeeze us into its mold and tries to tell us, well, you're this kind of person. And, you know, a culture that is so much about where people are so obsessed with how many likes and how many followers you have or building your brand or making a name for yourself or, you know, becoming an Instafluer or TikTok famous or what it is. You know what? That is not who you are. There's something so much big of you, a big, a, so much, something so much bigger. And you know what? I think, man, for us as Jesus followers in this world that we live in, in this time and place, we really, we really need to remember. We need to remind ourselves of this. Like Paul said, I beg of you, lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. I think we need to say that out loud online and in the house. Let's say that together. Say, I have been called by God. I have been called by God. You are called by the voice that spoke all of creation into being. You know, the same voice that said, let there be light. And there was light where nothing was before. That same voice is calling you. What does God call you? He calls you his masterpiece. He doesn't call you accident. Your mom might call you that. Your dad might have said you were just an accident. That is so not true. You are not an accident in God's eyes. God calls you his masterpiece. Look at Ephesians 2.10. I love this. We are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Just think about, me just going to put some pictures up. Just think about all of the things God, the creator, has made. Go ahead and put them up. I want to see these because I just love these pictures. Look at all these. These are all real, man. If you don't follow earth pics on Instagram, oh, so cool. Look at this. These are real places. Iceland has become my, I want to go to Iceland someday. Isn't this beautiful? Look at this. These are not paintings. These are real images. These are real places on the planet. Look at what God has made. Isn't this incredible? Look at that. Like this is a stuff we will get to explore when heaven and earth are together again and God comes back and the world is healed and restored. We do not go to some ethereal energy place. God is restored. If earth is that beautiful in a broken state, I cannot imagine the exploration, how beautiful it's going to be in a completely renewed and redeemed state. Man, you know what? That's why... Not being able to travel and go to all these places, it's okay. We're going to have all of eternity to explore places, and it'll be way better. But look at this. The God who crafted all of that, he can't wait to use his same hands to form and to shape your life into a very powerful work of art that God calls your, his love. Just think about God, that God that made all that. He wants to use his hands to form you and shape your life. God's eternal plan is to form us into his masterpiece. And what does that mean? Well, it means this. God's plan is to form you into an image, his image, his reflection. You get to reflect. You get to be an image of the most beautiful being in all of creation and outside of creation. See, what Western Christianity has done, it's made salvation into this me experience. In other words, how will God help me fulfill my goals? How will God help me get to where I want to go in life? And this is actually why so many 
of us, I know personally, so many in my early years were so, so frustrated. It's like, God, why am I so frustrated? I'm not getting where I want to go, and I'm not having what happened when it happened. And, and I think this is why so many of us as followers of Jesus, we get frustrated with trying to follow. And we get frustrated with, you know, the church thing or the Jesus thing or however you want to call it, and there is a difference. But here's, we get frustrated in our attempts to follow Jesus because God isn't committed to forming us into our image of us. God is committed to transforming us into his image, his plan for us, into his masterpiece to reflect all that he is. So, number one, we are saved for calling. Number two, our calling is more about our who than our do. And number three, everyone number, say number three. Number three, here we go. We need a new who in order to do our do, okay? We need a new who so we can do our do. You need to say that because it just will make you laugh because it sounds so stupid. We need a new who so we can do our do. We need a new who so we can do our do. Let me explain. What does it mean to live called? Just think about what does it mean to live called? Well, it means this. It means there is another voice calling me into hope, into peace, into joy, into significance, into love, when the sound of a broken world in chaos is just so loud or so present. Living called means there is another voice calling me. It means I learn to live by and through this other voice and not the noise of the world when it is in chaos. That's what it means to live called. It means there's this other voice that's calling me. It's not the voice of the world. For example, when you receive the layoff notice from your boss, there's another voice calling you. When you find out your friends have been gossiping about you behind your back, there is another voice calling you. When your spouse has been unfaithful, there is another voice calling you. When your doctor says it's not good, there's another voice calling you. I had to hear this personally this week. Because when you have two weeks where your father passes away, and then your mom ends up in the hospital in another country with COVID. And your grandson is in the hospital twice in the first two weeks of his life. You need to know you're called. You need to know there is another voice calling you into peace. There is another voice calling you into joy. There is another voice calling you into hope. There is another voice calling you into rest, into security, into strength. But here's the problem. I don't know about you, but my default is not hearing that voice. My default is hearing all the other voices like insanity or anxiety. Come on. How many of you have an easier time hearing fear call? Yes. How many of you have an easier time hearing insecurity call? Yeah. Or pride or selfishness. Or the voice that says, retaliate, isolate, medicate. <laughs> See, we've been formed by the forces in a broken world that are forming us. And we're all being formed every day unless we're intentional. And see, if we aren't intentional 
about allowing God's work of transforming to take places. We get the default. Mm -hmm. Now, how many of you, when you get your phone, your iPad, your computer, you, you like you're really quick to change the default settings? Like, true? Mm -hmm. oh, this is like nobody keeps the defaults on their phones. And if you're like, uh, I didn't even know how to do that, we will help you change your defaults. Because there's some stuff on the defaults that is not good. The default settings on your phone are not to help you. <laughs> the default settings on your media feeds are not to help you. They are to sell to you and to get you to buy things and do things you don't want to do. You know what? If we aren't intentional, we get the default. We don't accept the default on our phone. Why should we accept the default in life? Change the default settings. You know what the default of our world is? It's insecurity. The default of our world is fear. The default of our world is what Mike already said. Cancel, cancel, cancel. Pride, offense, confusion, isolation. The default of, of our world is earn God's love and acceptance. The default of our world is not enough. Whether you're not enough or the stuff you have isn't enough. See, to live called means that I train my soul to tune into and hear this different voice. The voice of love and a loving heavenly father. And see, this is where all these spiritual practices and habits come in. Because the way, the, the, these practices and these habits, these are the ways that we operate the parts of us that we can control so that we are cooperating with the Holy Spirit's work of getting deep down into those parts of us that we can't control. How many of you have a hard time controlling your anger or your mouth? And you say stuff or do stuff that you're like, why did I do that? Those are deep things in us that are so hard to get at. They're less easy to control. But we want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So let me give you a rundown. Let me give you some examples. These are some of the practices that we've been talking about. And there are so many more. And if you, like I said, if you want to find out more, the common rule, these are just some of the very practical things, habits that we can practice. They're not making us righteous. They're not making God love us more. They're ways that we cooperate with the work that the Holy Spirit is doing deep in us to change and transform us. For example, I can control whether I pick up my phone first in the morning and scroll through all of the things that are screaming for my attention, or I can pick up my Bible first and get God's word in me first. I can control that, true? Right, I can control that. One of those practices is the way that God's spirit is working to form me into a person of peace. The other is the default practice of anxiety. Here's another one. Mike talked last week about fasting. This is so cool. If you missed last week, you got to watch last week. It was so good. So, but I can't control what I decide to say no to for a day, for 24 hours, for, you know, a week or for, for half a day or whatever. I can control what I say no to, right? What I'm going to fast. I can say, no, I'm not going to go on social media today. No, I'm going to fast. I'm not going to eat food today. One is the way that I cooperate with the Spirit's work of training my soul to be nourished by God. The other is the default practice of consuming. How about another one? I can control whether my phone is always on or whether I shut it off and stick it in a room or in a drawer for one hour. One of these is a way that I practice or that I cooperate with what the Holy Spirit is trying to form me into. And that's a person who is present, 
who is a person of compassion, a person who sees others, is others focused. The other is the default practice of busyness. See, I can control whether I isolate or I build myself in community. One is the practice that I can cooperate with the Holy Spirit's work of forming me into a person of love and connection. And the other is the default of practicing isolation, fear, and independence. See, these practices are about changing and transforming us into a new person. I need a new who so I can do my do. So that whatever we, whatever situation we find ourselves in, wherever we find ourselves, we can be that person of where we can release the life and the love and the presence of God into those circumstances so that God's life can be reflected in every moment. This is what it means to be human. I want to show you, there's two pictures. If you are an animal lover, you might not like these pictures, but they are very good and it will give you, I think, a really powerful picture of what God is wanting to do in us. How many of you have ever seen those poor sea animals that are floating around in the sea and they got like straws sticking out of their nose or plastic or those nets? It's horrible. You know what? You and I are like those sea animals. We got rescued. Jesus came and he rescued us. He gets us out of the mess of life. He gets us out of just self-directed living. But that's not all. He doesn't just rescue us and leave us there. Then what happens is the Holy Spirit goes to work. Just like those kind oceanologists, they come along and they start cutting the straws and the plastic off and they start disentangling that poor little sea animal and get them free. You know what? That's such a picture of what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in you and I. He's disentangling. And see, the way we cooperate is when we, we are cooperating by these habits and these practices that we choose to do so that we cooperate with the Holy Spirit's work of disentangling our soul from all of the stuff that we get caught up in of living in this world that's actually drowning us and that's overpowering our soul. He wants to free us. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. I want to invite you to stand. I want to read this quote by, he's a, it's a preacher, powerful guy. You can follow him on Instagram, Darius Daniels. Man, he's, he's amazing. I want you to hear this and I want you to just close your eyes for a minute. Can you hear this? And I want it to just be me talking. I just want you to hear God speaking into your spirit. Your existence is an answer to some problems that will exist in the period of human history in which you were born. God knew the problems that would exist and then he created and crafted you with the capabilities and the potential to be the answer to some of the issues on earth. There is a you you haven't met yet that God wants to introduce you to so he can introduce you to the problem he created you to solve. I'm going to say this again. Don't be a default. Become a gift. Become an answer bringer, a hope bringer, a solution bringer, a love reflector, a forgiveness giver that this world needs. We have been called by God. I want you to put your hand over your heart and I'm going to pray. God, we thank you 
Can you just pray this with me online? I want to invite you to pray this as well. Just say, Heavenly Father, thank you that I am called. I have been called by you, Creator God, the God who was thinking of me, imagining me, planning for me way before time began. God, thank you for calling me to yourself with your voice. And you know what? As we pray this next few lines, this is a way we say yes to following Jesus. And if you have never said yes to him, today is a great day to start. To live not just randomly and haphazardly through life, but to live in the call that God has called you to. A life of significance, a life that matters. Say, Jesus, I hear and I respond to you calling me to follow. I say, yes, here I am. I want to follow you from this day forward. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.